Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up, y'all? Welcome to The Check-In. I'm your host, Serafina. Uh, on today's show, we have a very special guest by the name of Jolene Mazzone. She is not only a friend of mine, but a Hall of Famer. Um, once the matchmaker at uh, Main Events Promotions, which was a majority female-dominated dominated promotional company, and um, we're excited to hear her stories that she has to tell about the fighters that she's worked with and her experiences in the business. Welcome, Jolene. Ness, you want to bring her on in? She has to unmute. Oh. Hey. Yeah, How are you? I'm Thank good. Thank you How for having you? me. Good, of course. Good. It's only right. You gotta, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we're I guess uh dog dog sister in laws now or something. I don't know. Yeah, how exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear him in the background because he doesn't right, like this. Mine shit, too, so. mine too. So yeah, Delene, for the for the people in the audience that don't really know about you or who you are, because you've kind of played the back, you know, you've built um, fighters such as uh, Kovalev and Arturo Gotti and, um, you know, some of the guys that are up and coming now, like um, Brian Norman, right? Um, mm -hmm. tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into the business. Um, well, to give the quick, because it's 26 years that I've been in the business. I started at main events as a receptionist. I just needed a job, didn't know shit about boxing and moved my way up in the company to become matchmaker, vice president of operations. Um, you know, worked with everybody that was with main events from 1997 to 2022, then and 2021, then ended up transitioning into management. So now I'm the president of Fighters First Management, where now I'm managing fighters opposed to promoting them. So that's the quick view of what I've done in the business. You know, there's a lot I've done, um, but that's kind of the quick view of it. Right. So what do you what do you prefer now? Do you prefer the management as opposed to being in the promotional side? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent, you know, because with the management side, and I can't say this for all managers, you actually it's more on of a one-on-one -on -one with the fighter and i have the opportunity now to teach him the business opposed to going through a manager to talk to a fighter when you're promoting it's more one-on-one -on -one where it's you know i was always one-on-one -on -one with the fighters with a lot of the fighters with main events but this is more i think personable and i get the chance now um, you know, to teach them the promoting side as well. Right. And I feel like that's so 
necessary and, and is lacking in the sport where that, you know, you have managers and promoters who really uh, give the knowledge to the fighters and, and allow them to have insight into their careers, you know, and kind of teach them the business. Um, one of the things that we like to talk about on this show is, um, you know, just fighters taking control of their career and mm-hmm. and knowing the business inside and out. Um, but another thing is that we want to talk about like mental health and health care and those sort of things. Whose job do you think it is to acquire health care for a fighter? Is it the fire, fighter's job? Is it the manager's job? Is it the promoter's job? How should a fighter go about that? Well, you know what? The funny thing is we just had a meeting a couple days ago and, um, you know, nothing set, but we're actually looking into health care for our fighters and how we could provide it. It's funny that you bring that up. Um. The other thing that a lot and a lot it's not the best, but a lot of fighters don't know about is there's free health care within this country. Mm-hmm. You could sign up for it. I have one of my fighters who has it and doesn't pay anything. Right. So that is offered. Is it the best? No, it's not the best, but it's still health care. See, because with fighters I look at it, you know, like the the common cold or something comes up, the flu, COVID, whatever. They're just like skipping past that because they don't have the means to go to a doctor and, you know, they, they, they don't want to pay the money. Right. You could actually sign up with the free health care and you could have that luxury. You still got to have right. a copay, but you're not paying the full amount. But again, it's our jobs as managers to guide them. Right, right. The problem fighter, a fighter or any human for that matter, my nephew, 22 years old, isn't going to go on and say, let me look into healthcare. They don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, they uh, don't, they're they're young. mm -hmm. One of the problems that I had with that was that, you know, once, yeah, you can get them healthcare, you know, with Medicaid and all that, but once they get paid, they have to report those earnings and then it may or may not get canceled, you know? So then it's a whole nother thing. And then they have to go into like paying like a monthly thing and they may or may not want to do that. Right. Right. And well, look here, here's the thing. Everybody, like I said, we're looking into getting healthcare. But for instance, I'm have a job, a boxer, their job is boxing. My company pays a portion of my healthcare, but I pay the rest of it. It's not a lot at all monthly. But they also have to get used to that as well. If they have to give a certain not percentage of the purse, but if their monthly is a hundred dollars a month for healthcare, let's say you got to pay it. So it kind of goes both. And that's cheap. That's cheap, but you got to want to, Mm -hmm. you know, they all should have healthcare, but it's easier said than done. Right. Because it is expensive. It is. And I see like the problem, the problem is that, you know, when uh, a lot of the times when fighters get their pay, like let's say they're making $10,000 to get their lump sum, 
you know, they, they might leave with seven and change or six and change after paying people or whatever. And then they forget about their taxes that are going to be due at the end of the year. And they might have back bills that they need to pay. You know, they're mm-hmm. late on rent or they're late on, you know, utility bills or child support or this and that and this. So yeah, a hundred bucks a month may not be a lot to us, but to them, it's like, well, I need to use that to do this. You know, right. So and that's, that's, that's where the room. management comes in. Right. I, I right. get what you're saying, but I could say, okay, we're going to just keep on, you're going to have a bill at some point when you make a hundred thousand dollars, you got to pay that bill. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But they have to agree to it. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you, it, it goes back to the old saying, you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. Mm. We could all sit here until we're blue in the face and say fighters should have medical insurance and cover it. They got to agree to it. They got to want it. They got it. Like I could have with my company opted out of health insurance, but I didn't because right. I didn't. That That's my choice. So it's, and that's where it goes back to guiding these guys and girls, guiding them and explaining to them, because you're right, a hundred dollars to me or you might be nothing, but they're like, fuck that. You're not taking a hundred from my check, but to guide them to say, you should really have health insurance if you have a child. So like it, it all comes hand in hand, especially if you have a family. Right. You know, so, but that's our job to explain what they should or shouldn't do, you know? Right. A hundred percent. When it comes to management, what are your thoughts on like, you know, uh, guys getting like, you know, I know you've been around so many different personalities, you know, including like Arturo Gotti and Kovalev and guys that have had, you know, domestic issues. Do you think that as a manager, that that's something that you should step in and help them with? Or is it something that you should just kind of like let them deal with on their own? Oh, no, I think it's something you definitely come in and help them with. I think that's part of your job is to help them with, I mean, you know, mental illness and look mental illness has been around forever we all know that Mm -hmm. i believe the reason it's when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply so much worse these days is social media mm. it's social media and it's the lavish life when i started guys would their goal would be to want to buy a cadillac escalade that was like the truck back way right Guy's goals is to want to buy a Bentley. That's a fucking problem in society, not in boxing, Mm. in society. 
Correct. So yeah. you're mental. You're seeing your peers, your teammate have a Bentley, have all this money, the diamonds, the this, the that. Like, it's fucking with you mentally. Mm. I mean, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. You know, it's it's keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. And it's not easy, whether it's a boxer or a kid in fucking high school. You know, well, especially it's, you know, like with boxing, that's kind of like the Floyd Mayweather effect, right? Yes. Yes. You know, it, it's it's he was kind of like he set the standard. That's that's how everybody needs to be. That's how everybody needs to train. That's how everybody needs to act. He was kind of like the face of the sport for a long time. Yep. So, you know, everyone kind of set their goals to be at Floyd Mayweather's level when in all actuality, you know, he was he was a great fighter, if not one of the best fighters in the world, but mm -hmm. he also had very, very smart people around him. Yes. And he was in the right place at the right time, you know, and the yes. cards, you know, fell in his favor, but it doesn't always happen that way. You no, know, and so, that's, that's yeah. what hurts. That's what right. hurts because unfortunately guys weren't looking up to Floyd to have his record. They were looking up to Floyd to have his money. Right. When you chase money, because I could bet my life, Mayweather did not chase money in the beginning. I know he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what happens is those a lot of guys and girls are chasing the money and not mm. chasing the legacy. Well, the thing that I found, especially in this generation, is that um, you know, Instagram, right, means instant. They want instant gratification. They want everything right now without putting the work in. Yeah. You know, all you see is the highlight reel. All you see is, you know, the glitz and the glam, and you see the top of the mountain, but you don't see what it took to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, so a, sure. lot, a lot of fighters, you know, I think need a reality check. Because, you know, I recently, you know, was talking to a female fighter, great amateur. Um, I'm not going to put her name out there, but um, her brother's fight and um, great amateur experience. And I'm talking to her and I'm seeing if I could sign her. And she comes back to me with saying she wants a $100,000 signing bonus. <laughs> and I'm like I, I I literally laughed just like you laughed just now like I and I said sweetheart I'm not even trying to you know laugh in your face or be mean I'm just like that's just not reality and I'm like you right. can you can go around and, and try for, and I pray to God you get it you know if you get it I will applaud you like I will be so happy for you but sweetheart you know, you have to be real. She said, I know my worth. I said, I, you know what? You got it. I said, when you get it, please let me know so that yeah. I can send you hours and a congratulations because you, it, it would be shocking to me. You know, it's but crazy. fighters need to understand the grind. And know yeah, that's that, where the teaching comes in. Exactly. Exactly. Like, 
no, I mean, you know, if you have good management, like such as yourself, that, you know, they may not make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars right away, but they're going to be moved appropriately. They're going to be put in a path that is going to be manageable for them. Mm -hmm. and, and they'll learn. And, and it's all about learning. It's This is a sport to where you really are learning on the job mm -hmm. in every capacity, right? Even when it comes to us, look how you started as a receptionist. Look how I started. I started uh, as a fighter. Then I started driving people to the airport. All right. You know? Right. And like we learn these things on the job in this sport. This isn't a type of sport to where we have, um, you know, colleges that support boxing and you get to go to school and learn about the business of it and these sort of things. We we are a bastard sport. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. You for know, sure. so it's we just have to make the best of what we have. A question I have for you is how do you how did you deal with uh being a woman in such a male dominated sport and you know i'm sure you've had guys you know saying to you she doesn't know what she's talking about she's just some dumb broad whatever you know it because i got it and i know you got it how did you deal with that did you ever have like any breakdowns like like was there ever a time where you was just like "Fuck this shit, i'm done because I know, now, I you know, I, I get that question all the time. And I think the question should be for the men in this business, not for the women, because a lot of the men in the business can't handle women. Right. Smart women. Right. So I have, I had people disrespect me as a female. Oh, absolutely. Right. But you'll never hear me come back with them and say you treated me that way because i'm a female you will never fucking hear those words ever come out of my mouth because mm. they know what they're doing i don't need to tell them right and then all then all of a sudden i look like a baby bitch, right because i'm a female and i'm like oh you're treating me this way because i'm a woman right. no i never luckily had big issues were there issues of course there were people didn't trust me people didn't believe me because i'm a female but my job was to make them believers mm. and i think i did a pretty good job of it so to tell you the truth i don't have that issue anymore do i have the issue where guys get mad at me because i'm smarter than them yes there's right. a difference has nothing to do with being female. They can't handle that a female outsmarted them. So right. they act accordingly. Yes, right. that happens all the time. And I just take it on the chin. I mean, I've been in fights with guys where I told them to go fuck themselves and hung up the phone. And then the next day I call them like nothing happened. Like, all right, we're going to do this deal. You, you got, you got to, unfortunately in life, not in boxing, you treat people the way they treat you. So if you're mm. going to treat me like some dumb bitch, I'm going to treat you like some dumb guy. Right. That's how it works. If you treat me with respect, we're good. But 
I cannot like you. You could disrespect me as a female, but I'll tell you one thing I will always do. I will always do business with you. Because I never take ego nor my feelings and mess up my money. Or right. bigger, um, the, fighter, the, the fighter's money. Right, right. You know? How, how was it like working in a... Because you, you're upbringing was very different than most because you came up in um, a company to where it was predominantly women. It wasn't How, always like that at well, all. Not like that, but in the, in the, towards the end. Yeah. Towards, it just happened that way. Um, I, I, I didn't ever look at it that way and I didn't care for it. I'd rather work with men to tell you the truth. Cause I can't stand cattiness. Right. I got no patience for the fucking drama. Yeah. And so, you know, we didn't have that luckily at main events, but like, I don't mind working with men. I, it, it just, you know, I'm not like, oh, yay. That's not me. Other people, and I get it. I wasn't ever like, oh my God, yay, it's all women, women power. That's, I'm, that's, that's not me as a person. Respect to people are like that, but it was just like, all right, we're getting the job done. You know, that's yeah. how I looked at it. But it was it was interesting. You know, it was interesting. I mean, look, the one thing we did is we got the job done. Right. And just kept it moving. You know, females are hard workers. I mean, that's proven on and on. What's his name? There's a reason why uh, the quarterback from Philly hurts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. His whole team is women. Mm. Because... And he said, because they get the job done. So right. respect to him, you know, like we get it done. What do you need us to do? And go do it. You Absolutely. know, so I, I think that, you know, and we could say that as females. Right. Because we've worked with males and it's like, you know, we get it done better. Right. Um, another question that I wanted to ask you was when it comes to like domestic violence, how is it for you? Because you've had fighters in your career that have, you know, come under fire with, with the accusations of domestic violence. And, you know, you've even experienced it with me, you know, in regards to wanting to sign my then fiance and then, you know, seen some shit and was like, oh, never mind. You know, right. how is it for you protecting? Because that's your job, essentially, is to protect your fighter. You know, knowing what they do, but still having to protect their image. How is that for you as a woman? Um, there's two sides to a story and the truth. Right unless you witness something. So it's not easy. No female nor male, okay, should ever be hit on. 
Because like you're, you know, also with Arturo Gatti, and I feel like that situation kind of went both ways, yes? It, well, in the end, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never, again, I've never personally witnessed these guys doing anything. And I've been around with them a lot. And I'm not saying anybody's innocent. I didn't witness it. And I'm not mm. saying they were innocent, but it's a fine line on how you have to deal with it. It's not easy, you know, because it's a mental issue, mm -hmm. right? It's a mental issue. And it's, it's very difficult to deal with, very. So it, when it comes to that, do you think that, men who let's say they are found guilty of domestic battery or abuse. So do you think they should still be able to box? Found guilty? No, I don't. That's my first initial. It's because then it becomes a crime. Right. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it be, it, it's a very hard line, but like, you know, if they're found guilty, no, they shouldn't. They should get their time, right? So they're they're not going to be boxing if they're in the pokey. But once they get out, so look, that's what commissions are for. That's not me or you to say, right? So right. we could sit right. here and stomp our feet and be like, that's bullshit. They shouldn't fight. But commissions are there for a reason. Right. Do you feel like like domestic violence is something that's more prominent in boxing as opposed to any other sport? No. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't at all. At all. No. I have we seen our share of it? Of course we have. Um have we seen our share of it more? Of course we have because of social media. What's well, happening right. without social media? There was shit happening that we didn't see, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's mainly in boxing. I think it's an athlete thing. Mm. You know, I and and I don't know what you know in athletes whether it's NFL, NBA you know, all different types of athletes, soccer, even for that matter, it's, you know, it's something that I can't under, could never understand what's going on in here in right. the brain. You, you know, I, I don't know, but I also believe a lot of, um, abuse is also has a lot to do with money because like now you see actors athletes people that kind of have money and feel like fuck you i could punch you in the face i don't know y you know like and guess what my lawyer i i could i'm superior i could do anything mm. you know i don't know if that i Thank God I've never experienced it personally, but I couldn't even, and I've never 
done it, obviously, but I couldn't even imagine what, what ticks in your head. You know, and that's that's where, and I'm a true believer in sports psychologists. Right. They're great. They are great. And I think a lot of boxers, athletes should be seeking them. Right. And I, I think, think it helps. Yeah. And it comes down to boxers and athletes admitting to themselves that they have a problem. Correct. You know, absolutely. And, you know, and that that's the main issue is that a lot of them um, don't feel like they have a problem. Right. They feel as if their behavior is uh, is, you know, justified. Um, if he or she didn't do this, then I wouldn't have done that. You know, it's a tit for tat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even myself, you know me, I, you know how I, I've been known to fight in public before and act crazy. And looking back on it, that's not appropriate. Like that's not normal behavior. And I had to look inwardly and say, you know what? I might have a problem, you know, and I might need to talk to somebody about it because this is not the way I should be handling situations in public, not in, not just in public, but you know, in private too, there's, there's, it should never ever get to a point to where I feel like I have to put my hands on you. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I feel like we as a community should, um, you know, seek maybe somebody has a friend who's a a psychiatrist or, you know, um, some type of sports, you know, doctor that, you know, would start doing some things pro bono until we can figure out a way we can pay these people. Right. Right. You know, oh, maybe yeah, no. something that that your management company can pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but they have to want to talk to the people. Of course. Yeah. But that's, you can that's always, the yeah. first step. You can and look, I, I've already deal with it and I've dealt with it and have taken care of our fighters in that aspect. So yeah. it's always one on one. You know, it's always like, you know me, I'm a realist and I'm going to just say it how it is. So like back when, you know, it was different. They they weren't my fighters. I wasn't in control of them. No one's in control of anybody, but I could sit down to, with one of my fighters and say, you're out of your fucking mind. What are you doing? That's what you're going to get from me. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Right. I know when to sugarcoat and when not to. So, you know, it's just being the unfortunate thing with a lot of these fighters is no, they don't have a real person with them. They have a yes man or a yes woman. Exactly. You know, they, I think my, a lot of my success when I was at main events and grew so many relationships with different fighters like Zab Judah Curtis Stevens, Fernando Vargas, I'm very close with them, still am, is because I was real. Zab at his height, if he did something stupid, I'd pull him aside by his fucking neck and tell him you're a fucking idiot. I didn't care how big he was because I, at the end of the day, I was a friend also. 
So that's what you do as a friend. I know it's business, but at some point you got to pull them aside and say, what the fuck are you doing? You look like an idiot, you know, whatever it is. And I think a lot of that is people that are scared to rock the boat with these guys. They're scared to lose their jobs. Yes. Yes. Because yes. a lot of them are on the payroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I, look, I think you know this too. You get more respect by being real. If I got to yeah. be with a guy I got to fucking tiptoe around, I'm not with him. Right. It's me. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not with him. Because it's not a real relationship. I am yeah. and, and acting. I'm, it's fake. Yeah. You know? So, and I, look, I know when, I don't come at people all the time, but I know when to sugarcoat shit and when to say, come to Jesus moment. Right. Like, what are you doing? You know? So, I think that's the difference with a lot of managers is it's, yeah, oh, sure, whatever you want, because they, they want the paycheck. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I can't do that. Um, I, I know you were really close with Gotti. Yes. You know, were there any like red flags that you saw leading up to, you know, his passing that you feel like could have been prevented? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, I see. I seen a red flag with her the first day I met her at, at Toro's house. You could just You could just read people. And read them and know they're just out for something. And that's it. I, I read it from day one. We were at his house. I'll never forget. It's the first time I met her. And she was, and they were just together not that long. And she was hell bent about when are we having a baby? When are we having a baby? When are we having a baby? Pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. Come on. Right. You, you know, like, I, 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 there's a lot of stuff that I don't want to get into that I've seen. Um, did he have mental issues? Who who didn't? I mean, he was on top of the world and then you retire. It's a hard fucking nut to swallow. Right. But he was a guy, and again, I never witnessed anything. He was a guy that would take the shirt off his back for me and the people in his immediate circle. Not everybody. He There would be times where when he fought in Atlantic City all the time, We'd have an office at Bally's and he'd come in to check his weight, cranky as shit, right? So he'd come in to check his weight and he'd leave. The next thing I know, I'd get a phone call of him apologizing because he didn't say hello to me. Who does that? Right. You, you know, but that that was his mentality. He, We were in Atlantic City at one of his fights. I was playing roulette. He kept on calling myself. I walked away from the roulette table and my number came out 22. The next week, he came in, gave me a card with a gift certificate from Macy's for $5,000 because <laughs> my number 22 came out and he called me. Who does that? Right. You know what I'm saying? So he was 
he was very giving. And I think, unfortunately, the people, he, some of the people in his life that he was giving to took advantage of it. And that could make anyone a little fucked up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, I mean, I've experienced that with Roy, you know, with Roy mm -hmm. Jones, super giving, you know, but some of the stuff he does, you're like, what in the world? Is yeah. Who are <laughs> like, you? Yeah. Like, what is going on with you right now? <laughs> like, yeah. It just, yeah. Like, and I feel yeah. like fighters in general, like you, you, there's gotta be some, a little, you know, to, well, to get in this there. This is the thing I, I thought of today um, about a lot of fighters, mental health. And I think we deal with it with being in the business on a different level because they're alone at the end of the day, a fighter, right? They're, right. they know one thing to fight in the ring. We know different avenues, matchmaking, wh whatever it is. But in boxing, the highs are so fucking high and the lows are so fucking low, right or wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the highs, no one could tell you nothing, right? You're right. on top of the world. We've all been in that. And the lows, you're like, what am I doing? I've dealt with that in the position I'm in. Can you imagine what a fighter's dealing with? What yeah. highs and lows? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it At could least, it could mess you our, up. Our careers we can bounce back from. You know, they have a very limited time frame. We can do yes. this our entire lives if we wanted to. Right. Right. You know, yeah. So we both, like I said, we both experience the highs and lows, but we're moving. We're keep like, yeah, you know what? That loss, that loss was horrible. You get in your little depression mode, but then you got to get up because you've got another job to do. Yep. yep. You're needed. Exactly. With them, they're only needed for a certain period of time and then they're mm -hmm. forgotten. Yep. So yep. it's, it's, and when you're down, you can go to the gym. I get that. But like, that's the thing that you're down about with us. We could be down. One of our fighters lost a huge fight or it was a bad fight or, you know, whatever the case may be or fighters screws you over. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or a fighter <laughs> screws you over. You know, like right. in more ways than one, and you're just down. Right. But you have something else to lean on to try to pick you back up. They don't. Yeah, and they I think don't. that's that's the worst feeling too, is when you know, because me and you, I mean, other other managers do it too, but I know me and you, we tend to really, really befriend and care about our fighters. Maybe mm -hmm. it is because we are women and we have like more of a nurturing side to us, but we tend to treat our fighters like family. Right. And right. it hurts so much when that's not reciprocated or they surprise us and do something super grimy. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Like, can you give me an example of, I'm not, I don't need you to say names, but like of, of something that happened with you and a fighter that just was like, just that shocked you. Oh, I could give you the name and he knows, cause we've had this discussion 
and it was my first time where I was literally depressed. Zab Judah, who I love to this day, we still keep in touch. And he knows I was upset because I called him when they were at the office. He was with main events. This is during the promoting times. He went to Don King and took the bag full of money. The good old bag full of money. And I'll never forget it. We were in our old office in Bloomfield. Somehow it got to us, whatever. So I call Yoel on his cell phone. No, first I call Zab. He won't pick up. I call Yoel. He doesn't pick up. I call him again. He picks up. I go, I literally lost it on them. You're in that fucking office. You're going to get taxed on. Like went ballistic. I'm mm. so, because we were, I did everything for him. We were close and I was just like, that threw me for a loop. And, you know, he's going to, he's giving you all this money and he's going to tax you on it, blah, 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 this and that. Anyway, it ended up that I wasn't involved in that aspect, but that Don King made a deal with main events, a great deal for main events, where mm. main events got paid over three of Zab's fights. Mm. So it was a great deal for them. So he made that deal. So he had to send the promotional contract he had with Zab. So it got to me, the contract, and I reviewed it. It was horrible. Horrible. Mm. I'm not saying nothing. You, to me, you, and they didn't, but to me, I felt like I got screwed over personally. Like, right. we were close. Like, you couldn't say something, whatever. Like, yeah. And so that happened, whatever, what's done is done. But I was hurt. That was my first time. I'm never going to be close with a fighter again. Fuck that. Yeah, that doesn't last. But, you know, all this and that. And um, then years later, when he was done with King and he came back to main events, mm. he, he said to me, well, before that, because we started talking again, he said to me, Joe, I made the wrong decision by signing with Don King, but that money was in my face and I couldn't pass it up. Mm. I said, all right, enough said, at least you know it. Well, what it did come full circle because didn't he come back to you in the end? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And I, he admitted he fucked up because there was a lot of money that he lost in that transaction with Don King through the years. Yeah. You know, you realize when you're on another side, like, oh shit, he's taking this much money from me. Oh, like, you, you know what I'm saying? I tell people that all the time. That was Don's thing. He'd give you a suitcase of money. At the same time, his CFO was writing out the note to the IRS that he gave you $100,000. And you got a tax bill at the end of the year. Like, mm. that was his thing. He did it to everybody. Right. And, but, you know, and so, yeah, that, that was one that really hurt me to the core. And then, you know, everything, let bygones be bygones. He fucked up. People fuck up in life, right? What are you going to do? Yeah. I yeah. hate him forever. But, yeah, that's one of them. Mm. Um, I'm going to go to some of the questions that are in the chat. Um, someone asked... Uh, if anything was wrong with Wallen and the AJ fight. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, there was nothing wrong. He did not, nothing wrong, but he did have a dislocated nose, not going into the fight. I think it happened in like the first or second round. Mm. So that's kind of what happened. And AJ was just too, too, too much stronger than him. And he was quick, mm. you know, but he did get the nose because he spent the night in the hospital in Saudi Arabia, Otto. So he had a fractured nose. Mm. I think that happened uh, in the first or second round. Someone else said they wanted to know what you thought when Salida so answering a question that he was Wallen's promoter. He's not Wallen's promoter. So I'm, I'm guess, you know, what did you, they're asking like, how, how did you feel about that? I don't know. That he's not Wallen's promoter. Like was there ever like a conversation you had after the fact with uh, Salida? Oh no, no, no. He, yeah, he called me up and threatened me, but other than that, nothing else, you know? Okay. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> how was your experience in Saudi Arabia? Like, um, you know, how, how were you treated as a woman out there? Oh my God. Great. I was so skeptical. Like when the guys talked, I, I dealt with this with Russia. Okay. Like mm. that's how it was in Russia like the guys when they talk to you they don't look in your eyes and i have even in the u.s when somebody doesn't look in my eyes i have a problem with that like when they walk off to the side they couldn't have been any kinder to me i did not feel like an outcast whatsoever even Mm. at one point because you know your adrenaline takes over and we're sitting at the fight and otto's fighting and we're sitting in the front row and there was this camera guy, I guess, from Saudi Arabia. And he kept on standing up to take pictures. And, you know, you got to lean down. So the fight starts. He stands up. I'm like, you got go down. Go. I'm screaming at him. So now I start hitting him on the back. So the security that the um, Frank Warren hires that I know most of the guy, they see me like hitting this guy from they're like what is she doing because i'm not thinking you know what i'm saying like the fight's going on so he comes over he's like what is going on i'm like you got to get this fucking photographer out of here i'm gonna lose my fucking mind guys like calm down calm down and took him out (laughs) but like and then after all was said and done i'm like what is wrong with you jolene but you know like adrenaline's up emotions are up the fight's happening i can't see because this jack off is standing right up in front of me, but it was a great experience. I, I'm mm. looking forward to going back, especially yeah. now that they have liquor. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I feel like it's such a misconception, like um, out there, like it. You know, it, we're it's like almost like we've been brainwashed to think that they're one way, and oh, women are second class citizens, and you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, when I was out there, I, you know, I couldn't have been treated any nicer. Oh, it was great. I wanted to go in. I was with um, Alex from Debella. I had to go get, we were going to look for some. I wanted to go into like all their little bodegas, like in the hood, 
It wasn't the hood. Okay. Yeah, it, but it like was like on the uh, outskirts. Yeah. So we had a driver a take us around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Like I, I, I enjoy that culture. Yeah, it was know? very cool. I, I really enjoyed myself when I was there. Um, talk to me a little bit about the company that you just started with Adrian and and what you guys are doing and, and what are you doing differently as opposed to any other uh, boxing management company? Um, Adrian actually, David Basha, the owner who owns the company brought Adrian. Adrian, who is the CEO said, I'm not doing this without Jolene Mazzone. He brought me in. Now our thing, he recruited a lot of the fighters. I recruited some of them. I'm not looking to, our whole thing is I'm not looking to recruit 70 fighters where you can't physically give them a fight all the time. There's not enough Mm -hmm. cards anymore, right? So you want to kind of sign on a small amount. And this way I look at it like we're not the Walmart of managing, we're the boutique of managing. So each guy or girl is going to get that extra attention, right? God willing, if we bring on more, we're going to have to bring on more employees. That's what's going to have to happen. But our thing is, I know the promoting side. And now I'm learning, well, the management side is similar to the promoting side. But what a lot of managers lack is the knowledge of promoting. So... I could go to a promoter and sign a guy or a girl. I understand that part. They're not going to be able to bullshit me when it comes right. to the promoting. Like they, they just can't because I understand it. But yet at the same time, I'm not looking to rob a promoter. A promoter needs to make money too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I'll make deals with them with our fighters where you know, if they come to me and I was like, you know, this is a club show. I can't give them that much money. Opposed to me going to the fighter and saying, this promoter is an asshole. They're trying to rob you. Bah, 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 bah. I explained to the fighter. I Look, they could put us. It's going to be less money, blah, blah, blah. But they want to keep you busy. Do you want to do this? You should do this or you shouldn't do it. Wh- whatever. And explain the business. They're right. not getting a rights fee. They're not getting a site fee. People don't know about all of that. And fighters need to know about it. You know, right. I'm not going to mention a name, but of as recent as less than a year ago, one big time fighter came to me through somebody else asking, what are foreign rights? And this mm. is a pay-per-view guy. Why the fuck doesn't he know about foreign rights? This isn't some fucking six round guy. What does he know about foreign rights? That's a fucking problem. Right. Right. You know, one of the, one of the other guests, uh, and I, I find it kind of funny because I think me and you both have the answer to this. He said, is she aware of any managers that collude with promoters without the knowledge of the fighter? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. I can name a few off the top of my head, but I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> right. Right. A lot. And right. 
Yeah, a lot. And it'll bite him in the ass one day. Believe me, it will. It catches it up. I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't the one thing about this business. Huh? I said, I don't even have to say the names. You already know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But yeah. it bites him in the ass. It bites him in the ass. It's your, you know, mon money is a motherfucker. I, yeah. I've gotten offered it. I'll give you an example. Not mentioning any names. I was dealing with a promoter for one of my fighters for a fight. And he said, okay, I'll give your fighter this, but I'll give you that. Give me money on the side. My response to him, it was, no, don't give it to me. Give it to the fighter. He was like, what? Right. What? I go, now, I put my head on my pillow every night. I, it's cool. If you got an extra 10000 to give to me, just give it to my fighter. Yeah, give it to the fighter, yeah. I, I just, I'm a true believer in fucking karma. That's just the Italian in me or what. I, I, I'm just a true believer in that. So, and I'm going to deceive somebody or undermine somebody for $10,000. Get the fuck out of here. It's not worth it. You know, like, no. So, but the, it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell a lot of fighters too, that, you know, sometimes by the time you get your offer for a purse, especially if it's an opponent, it's been chopped up so much <laughs> before you even, like there's the booking agent, there's this person, there's that person and that's taken 500 here, a thousand there, you know, and by the time the number actually is presented to the fighter, it's, you know, you know, it's, oh yeah, it's it's a different number than what the real number is. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. It's insane that because I could say guys because I don't know of any girls that guys the amount of money they've taken from these fighters. It's insane. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and then unfortunately, then everybody else gets a bad rap. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. You know, 100%. all promoters aren't evil. All managers aren't evil. Like, it's just. I mean, listen, you stereotypes got... don't come out of thin air. No. You know, they, somebody's done something to make people feel that way about a certain group of people. So, True. you know, if one manager does it, it makes us all look bad. Yeah. You know, oh, no, it's true. So, um, but yeah. Um, another question I have for you, going back to the Saudi Arabia um, thing. Are you a little nervous about boxing, like, going over there? Like, they might take over and the show's out. Like, I think they're going to make it, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard for us in America because the money they offer over there is so much more substantial to what we can offer fighters here. Like, I think fighters are just gonna be like, fuck that, I'm not even gonna fight in America, I'm gonna go over there. Like, do you think it's gonna be problematic for us in the States? No. They don't have enough time in the year to do so many fights. Don't forget the country closes down basically in the summer. Because hot. you know, like, you know, they're, they're, um, they're trying to take over soccer and I think they were like, taking over golf and, you know, when you have fight, um, soccer players like Messi and, you know, Christian 
however you say his last name, like going over there, Christian Ronaldo, going over there or being offered to go over there and actually considering it, that's that's kind of scary. For American No, it, it doesn't scare me. It's the same thing when Al Heyman was going to take over the business. Remember that? Remember then that yeah. happened? And he was offering all these guys stupid money, like ridiculous money. Um, and it slowed it down because I remember with main events, I'd call a guy and be like, oh, do you want to fight Sergey Kovalev for, you know, $200,000 or whatever? And he's like, no, no, I'm waiting for that Heyman money. You're going to get the same thing with Saudi. You're going right. to get, now I'm waiting for that Saudi money. So mm. I don't, you know, <clears throat> how many people have come in and tried to make boxing a monopoly, like monopolize boxing? So many. The thing, and this is what angers me, that's happening these days. I go on Twitter. I go on Instagram. I see Charlo, um, Canelo, Gervonta Davis, you know, like all this like drama shit. Ryan Garcia did this and this one did that. Look, Spence got eye surgery and all, all this reporting, all this stuff. You know how many club shows there are around the country on any given weekend? Right. There's at least 10. No one fucking covers them anymore. Mm. Everybody, and I get it. Aram, Hearn, the big guys, right? Like the golden boy. Those are the big promoters. Those guys, one example, Thomas LaManna doing the club shows. Give them some love because that could be the next generation. Absolutely. Like, you pass a baton at some point, just like a fighter does to another fighter. Like, you gotta, like, support some of those club shows. Every one of those fighters started off on a club show. Every yep. one of them. You know, for the most part, they did. They fought on shit shows in whatever the case, like you gotta, you gotta give those club shows some love. Yeah. Because that's the next generation, you know? And it's, you know, like I had one of my fighters come to me and said, Joe, I think I'm going to start promoting. No problem. I said, you want to, you want to do that? Yeah. I said, all right, you got 50,000, right? He said, for what? I said, oh, to put up front. He's like, what, what do you mean? I go, you got to get bonds. You got to pay for hotels. You got to pay for travel. You got to pay the purse. You got to pay the commission. I got to pay insurance. Yeah, and, and so I said, easy a $50,000 nut. And that's on the low end. Yeah, exactly. I was say you got that? And he was like, well, where do I make my money from? I go, oh, you got to hustle and sell tickets, get sponsors. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I said, what you should be. Con I said, if you want to get a three by five, I get that. Cause that's what I, it's, I'm an asshole, but that's what I call like uh, boxers that are promoters that really are promoters, but they want their name up. I call it a three by five because it's a banner you put up. You're not doing anything. <laughs> Right. You want to do that. I get it. You know, you want to have your own promotional name. No problem. 
I'm advising you as a manager, you want to go promote, it's money. It's yeah. money. You know, focus on your boxing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, you have a show coming up March 30th. Tell us a little bit about that and who you're featuring. It's a club March show. It's a club show. Uh, Desi Martinez, who is a good friend of Adrian's, and I got to know him very well from San Antonio. He's um, he's a lawyer in San Antonio, very well known, has been wanting to promote for so long. We've been talking over the years. Like, I've been giving him tips about he wants to promote, he wants to promote, he wants to promote. Finally, this year, he said, you know what, guys, I'm going to do it. And I want to put your fighters on my card. Perfect. So, um, you know, we spoke to him. I kind of gave him the structure of how it's done. And he, the good thing with him is he has a whole team. He has a whole law firm. So he has a whole team of workers. They're, they don't know boxing, but he's, you know, hired the right people that he needs to hire. And we have on the first card, which is March 30th um, at the Tech Center in San Antonio, Giovanni Cabrera, who fought um, Isaac Cruz. On the Spence Crawford card, we're bringing him back to get his feet wet. He hasn't fought in a minute, so he's going to be on top. We have Justin Figueroa, 7-0 um, from Atlantic City. He's going to fight on the card and then go back to Atlantic City. And then we have Shariah Mareu, who is making her, who you met, you braided her hair, who's making her, uh, having her second fight um, on the card. And he's planning to hopefully do four or five show, shows a year. Nice. So it'll kind of be like, um, help us with fighters first to have a platform for our guys and girls. So right. if we is there a way people can watch it? We're figuring that out now. Um, there might be a network involved. We're not sure yet. Um, or it's going to be like some kind of streaming. But once we get that information, we'll have it out there. We just don't have anything yet. But there'll be some type of streaming. Some type. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely, yeah. Um, you let me know. And I'll, you know, on the next go round of this, I'll let the viewers know where they could watch it at. Because, you know, I'm going to support yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, I do. And in wrapping this up, right, I got to ask a burning question. Spence oh, no. Crawford, is there going to be a number two? Uh, no, I don't believe so. so I think that it. ship has sailed. <laughs> well, Jolene, it's been an absolute pleasure. I always love talking to you. Um, no problem. Give Ap Apollo my love. Apollo's the French bulldog. Um, oh yeah, he's he's sleeping. He's like kind of like he would be like my grandkid, right? Actually, yeah, he's my grandchild, yeah. my grand puppy. So I don't know what that yes. would make you. <laughs> Whatever. Like your daughter, almost. That's which would be weird. No, I'm not. Um, no, I'm not. Exactly. It, yeah, that's no. I'm too old for that. <laughs> that would be yeah, weird. Really. That's, so that, that's impossible. Yeah, right? Exactly. If we could just like rewind time, go backwards, yeah. but no. But yeah, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate and love talking to you. You have been amazing. No problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This wraps up your edition of The Check-In. Peace.